Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hello and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward. I'm Beverly Ann and I'm joined by the lovely... Hi everyone, it's Chris Tuck. And today this is episode number 46 and we're changing it a little bit. So we're calling it, what are we calling it Chris? Under the Under Spotlight. spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> is that I mean, menopausal brain or tired brain? A bit of both, if I'm really honest. Good. <laughs> <laughs> because before you pushed um, record, I had yeah. it in my mind and then it just disappeared. It just so, goes, doesn't it? Never mind. So this is a follow-on from the Q&A because we realise through people feeding back to us that once they start coming into the, the podcasts or youtube videos they don't necessarily go right back to the beginning so we thought we'd make it a little bit different this time and we'd be asking each other questions as if we were the guests so what we've done we've both composed some questions we don't know what those questions are we've done that independently this is going to be fun (laughs) (laughs) and it is going to be fun so it's going to be a mixture of fun and then there will be some serious ones as well um, but we're just going to speak from the heart. This is who yeah. we are, and we just want to be, as ever, authentic. This is who we are, and we just want to show up. And how do you feel, Chris, before we get started? I don't know. What's this going to reveal about both of us? This is going to be, oh, is it going to be good, or is it going to reveal things that we might not want to be revealed? Who knows? Ooh, let's see. <laughs> Right, so the first thing I'm going to ask you, if you were listening to music, yeah, what's your preferred music that you listen to? So I don't have a genre, but I do tend to like different tracks by different people. But I would say I like the 60s, the 80s more than anything else. And I love anything by... Wham and George Michael, of course, because he was my pinup. He was my idol when I was 14, 15, 16. Always thought I was going to marry him, but you know, things turn out wrong, don't they? From what you think. Uh, well, they turn out a little different. bit different. Yeah. <laughs> we said that together. Yeah. Um, obviously he found the love of his life. Um, and it and it wasn't a woman, so I really didn't have any chance, did I? Really? Come on. No. And I'm going to make you jealous here because I was a, a Wham fan, but right. I actually I actually got to go to Wham's final concert mm. and I was four rows from the front. Mm. <laughs> yeah, don't like you anymore. So, do you have a particular? I do like you. <laughs> do you have a particular favourite song? Um. Yeah, I do, uh, but I've got quite a few favourite songs. But the what the ones that I go to are Eurythmics, um, these sweet dreams are made of these, and I couldn't tell you why. I just am drawn to that song, and um, George Michael one or Wham one is Last Christmas because it makes me like oh. And have you seen the film Last Christmas? What by whom? Have you not seen the film Last Christmas? It was released about five years ago and it uses all the songs of Wham. Is that on oh. Netflix? I, I, probably no, by I think now. I've, I've watched a programme recently, but I didn't know it was called Last Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll have to go oh. and check that out. There you go. <laughs> okay, so what about you? What's your favourite song or genre? A genre like you, I have all different genres. So very much 80s, love the 80s, love the club classics. And I do like a cheesy song to sing along and dance with. Who doesn't? I do like the 70s. I am a little bit older than you. Just recently. Are you, Bev? <laughs> just recently, I've got into country music, the more modern country music as well and I often listen to that now um for night time if I've woken up because it's more gentle gentler than the old 
you know, traditional country and western, but I am surprisingly a fan of Johnny Cash. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, certain songs I am fans fan of. Yeah. Yeah. And for many mm. years I couldn't listen to him because he was a firm favourite of my dad. And okay. of course the association. But I'm pleased to say that I've gone through that path and I've actually seen him live in concert as well. So I love most types of music. My absolute most favourite song that touches me every time I hear it is um, The Greatest Love of All, which was sung mm -hmm. by George Benson, and people don't realise that, not written by him. And it was actually mm -hmm. a song that was released for Muhammad Ali's film that was made in 1977, and it was covered by Whitney Houston. Right, okay. So but, we probably didn't know that, yeah? No, and that's a favourite of mine. So I was in care at the time when it was okay. released. It was the second children's home. And it was one of those songs that, we all gravitated towards as children. So, yeah, that's my ultimate. But you know what? We're going to go in and out of our lived experience, obviously, just by talking about mundane things like this. Um, there was a time when people said to me, what do you mean you didn't know of that group? What do you mean you don't know of that song? And there was a whole part of my life where I didn't watch TV, didn't listen to music, because it just was not an option. So that almost made me feel guilty and shameful that I didn't have access to that and I didn't know what my peers knew. It made me different. It made me feel different. So I just wanted to bring that to the table because there's going to be people listening that may feel or have experienced similar Absolutely. And, and Chris, you know, I remember being at home in like our last so many months before we went back into care, we didn't have electricity. Yeah. So we certainly didn't have a television. No. We certainly didn't have music. But that doesn't mean to say I've never forgotten that love. And yeah, being back in going in children's home, I got to be taken to the theatre and that and I've always loved anything live. So yes, yeah. there are sections where I don't remember. Also, in the second children's home, we had a music room, which was literally a small room off by the office with yeah. an old-fashioned record player where the lid went up and down. Oh, yeah, and you had and to we, put the arm onto the record player. That's yeah, it. Yeah, the records. <laughs> and we had two seven-inch records yeah. in there. And all the... <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of the two. I know what they are. You To Me Are Everything is one of the records. Yeah. And um, all the clouds have gone... And it's about the seasons. Okay. And the sky is great. I won't bore anyone. Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So music's oh, wow. been important, even yeah. you know going through that. So yeah, it's funny how we hold hold on to it. But I think music is important to so many people for so many different reasons. And if you actually listen to a lot of the lyrics of songwriters. They use their lived experiences, don't they, to write about what their songs are about. So if you are drawn to a particular uh, artist or a particular song, it's because the words resonate with you and it means something. Absolutely. And in my own professional world, you know, yeah. one of the things I always say is finding a voice. So when we're finding our voice for our emotions, that's an important part of working through trauma. You know? Yeah, and for me, whether it's vocal, as in speaking, whether it's through poetry or whether it's through songs, um, it that's timeless. That's yeah. When some of the songs, when you break them down, are really quite sad. Yeah, some can be quite brutal when you yeah. actually realise what's behind them. Like, oh, have I really been dancing along to that? Yeah, because so, yeah. you think it's an uplifting song and, in fact, it's not. The actual words and the meaning isn't. Yeah. And yeah. another further bit I love, I love hearing about the stories behind the songs, yeah. why they were written. So, 100%. Yeah. So my question to you, so cross that one off your list. What car did you love owning and why? <laughs> It's got to be my white Vauxhall Viva, which right. is the very first car I got. So 
we both lived on our own from a very young age. We were 16. Yeah. We lived on our own. So for me, uh, to, I always wanted to drive a car. I remember going, literally walking to junior school, pretending I was driving, yeah. pretending I had a mini. No, but the old fashioned, we're talking back yeah. in the 70s. And um, so I always wanted to drive. To me, that meant independence. But for me to drive, I did have a full-time job, but that was paying for my rent and everything. And the only yeah. way I was going to learn to drive was taking on a second job. So I, I worked behind a bar when I was 18, earned the money, and I straight away went out. And my first challenge was to have the lessons pass my test. And once I did that, oh, I need a car now. Yeah. And a very good friend of mine, and she's still a friend of mine, she, they had an old Vauxhall Viva, but it had no clutch. So I paid £50 for the car. I'm never going to forget. And then it had to go to the clutch clinic. Yeah. And I I even took it to South London, a place um, just over the other side of Lewisham. And I put it into, I got someone to take it to the clinic because I couldn't drive it. And then they took me back. And I had this new clutch in it, and I had to drive all the way back, really near from the old Kent Road, back to Bromley. Yeah. First time I'd driven on my own since I'd passed my test. And I was scared, but looking back, it was the best thing, because it was rush hour anyway, so you can't go fast. Yeah. It was quite slowly. Um, I was so proud to own that car. It was my mm. first car. So, yeah, that's my my most proudest one. Yeah. And what about you, Chris? So two cars, but I'll keep it really uh, quick. A yellow Mini. It was so old. If you lifted the mat up underneath the pedals, there was a hole in it through the floor from rust. <laughs> so my friend's um, cousin was a, a, a welder. So we took the, we bought, I bought the car for 400 quid drove it over to the other side of London and he welded in a, a new piece of metal for me and then I could put my foot down on the mat without putting my foot through the hole. So that was my mini. And then I got a 2CV, so an upside-down pram car, yeah. if you think about that. And uh, Phil and I, we were going to take it to France and drive all the way around France and have the roof down and, you know, just take our time and... And just go and experience country life in France on on many holidays that we had for Dolly, the 2CV. But unfortunately, Dolly got trashed when I crashed her. Um, my sister and my niece and nephew were in the back seats when they were young toddlers. And this was um, pre-wearing seatbelts. So she was holding on to them. And before you knew it, we was on the side. Ooh being pulled out of the top of Dolly so Dolly was no more and we were all okay but um yeah she she got trashed in a crash unfortunately uh, well good to hear that everybody was safe yeah rest in peace Dolly rest yeah. in peace sunshine because that was my yellow mini and did you ever get to go driving around no. France oh no. well put it Guess on your bucket what? list I took out funding on that car to buy it. So that car was £1,800, and that was a lot of money in those yeah. days, yeah. So I got it on finance, and I only owned it for two months. Oh, moving but on the, quickly. Yeah, the accident wasn't my fault, though, so no. we got full payout. That's good to hear. Okay. Over to if, you, Bev. If someone was booking a surprise for you, Oh, yeah. What would you want it to be? Oh, I always love massage. So if anyone was to book me something and then they book me a massage, they book me a spa day, I would love them forever. So, <laughs> yeah, even though I have regular massage because I need it for my mental and my physical health, um, that's the only true time that I completely relax. And because it's quite um, a low cost, then anyone could surprise me, couldn't they? They um, could. But if money was no object, um, going abroad, relaxing on a sunshine holiday is my ultimate surprise that I would love. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah mm-hmm. that would be lovely yeah what about you well I can't say that I wouldn't want the same actually but I'm gonna say how about a massage on a really lovely beautiful beach <laughs> and combine the two yes yeah, you paying <laughs> when I win the lottery <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah anything like that um going on a retreat yeah, yeah. and it, um, I think I'm quite easy to surprise in different ways because you know anything like that I think's lovely wonderful and I really appreciate massage because there yeah. was a time I when I you know, yeah no way thank you very much not for me but but that's because of our past traumas, isn't it? It's just like people have literally violated us in different ways. They've had power and control over us. So when it comes to our bodies, for most victim and survivors, we are protective and we don't want to be touched. Absolutely. So and... this is part of the understanding and the growth, I think. Absolutely. You know, because... I remember being pregnant and people naturally wanting to touch your stomach. Yeah. Oh, that was a huge trigger for me. <laughs> yeah. Go away. <laughs> yeah. But 100%. to other people, they think you're overreacting. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you stood in my in my shoes, yeah, it, it, I'm not overreacting. No. So yeah, and it, yeah. you know, it's raising that awareness, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. So going on from that question. If you had all of the money in the world that you could ever, you know, wish for, dream of, what would you do? Oh, do you know what? This is something I've always thought of and I already know. So, yes, I'd build a home for myself, you know, so I could live um, and, and be comfortable. And, you know, if the members of family wanted to be nearby, yeah, not a problem. But I would also love to build... Um, a home and when I say mm-hmm. a home a unit how you know that I'd want to do it so that it would be sheltered accommodation mm-hmm. and in that sheltered accommodation everybody gets their own choice of living so you can maybe have your own flat mm-hmm. or you have your own bedrooms but you have a communal space because not everybody likes living on their own but then some yeah. people like living on their own but they'd also be within this community or sheltered housing um, places, you know, like for, think of a restaurant. I'd call it a restaurant yeah. so that people could buy the food that they wanted to eat. Do you see what I mean? Um, there'd be a, 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 a seating room. So I suppose if you think of a hotel, think of a hotel, but this would be sheltered accommodation. Some people live in there. And when I say some, that could be from young to older because we tend to find that with sheltered housing it's either for that section sector of people or that sector of people or when you get older and actually when you're you know some people don't want to live on their own some people Mm -hmm. are unable to but we can do it in a way I believe we can do it in a way that it can be all-encompassing yeah and and just have that community that and that's what I'd love so some people wouldn't necessarily live there, but they'd have the option to come in and join yeah. in some of the community aspects. Yeah. So, yeah, that, if I had that, that's the one thing I would do. Yeah. So if I had all of the money in the world, mm, mm, I would do similar to you. I would make sure all of my loved ones were okay. I would then invest in people to teach them the tools in how they can empower themselves to live the lives they want and then pay it forwards. So I would do something like that in different different ways. I would have to really sit down and think about it properly, but I would want to help as many people as possible, but not just to hand the money but giving them the tools to help themselves and then pay it forwards. Because I think yeah. that's really important to skill people up 
and then pay it forward. And of course, I would absolutely 100% grow my charity and make my program that I've put together available to everybody and anybody that wanted to do it. And of course, we would be part of all of that, Beverly. We would be teaching other people how to deliver it. And we would also deliver it because we would be paid for our insight and our expertise. So how are we going to earn this money? We're going to win it or is it going to be left to us in a wheel? Well, we'll, hopefully we'll put it out to the universe and it will arrive. Because the thing is, (laughs) we've both come at it from different perspectives, but ultimately we both want the same thing. We want to be able to ensure that people are safe, that people aren't ostracised, but it's encompassing for everybody. And I don't always think it's, you know, it's like parenting um, support. We tend to always say parenting support for single parents. Why can't it be parenting support for everybody? Mm-hmm. Because when we single like single parents out, what we do then is say that, oh, do, do they need more support than someone in a couple? Because that's not necessarily true. So I, I like to encompass everybody so no one yeah. feels that they can't access it. Okay, the question is yours. Right. Do you have a hobby that you think about doing one day, but you haven't done it yet? Oh. Uh, Not something that really drives me to want to do it. Um, Like in the past, for example, I used to horse ride. Not to any level, but just as a, literally as a hobby. And I loved it. I was no good at it. Like I wasn't at any level, as I said, but I just enjoyed being on the back of the horse in nature. And I think I've shared this before. So whatever country I've gone to on holiday, if there's a horse available to go out on a a jaunt for half a day, then that's what we do. Um, My hips don't like it. My bum don't like it. My back don't like it, (laughs) but I like it. Um, So, yeah, maybe I would... If it didn't have those negative impacts on me, then I would look into doing that a bit more. But I would love to play an instrument, but I just don't know if I'd be any good at it. And that that fact of feeling not being able to be good at it and master it stops me from even going there. That's a shame, but I understand that with one of the hobbies in my mind. So yeah, okay. first of all, horse riding. Oh, since I was a little girl, I wanted to do that. That's always right, been that's on there. our bucket list. We we'll do that right. together then. That's something right. I've always wanted to do. I find them amazing. I've yeah. sat on a horse once, but that's yeah. it. That's okay. One. As for musical instrument, I played the violin for a short time at school. Yeah. And loved it. But it wasn't the violin so much I wanted to play. I learned that it had the same finger spacing as the saxophone. Right. But I've never played it. But I... Back, you know, when I think about playing a, an instrument, I'm not worried about what level I get to. But one day I'd like to sit there and do a couple of lessons with saxophone and just know that I've tried it. But yeah. my ultimate hobby, and I, I I have it in my mind, and I do it in different ways, but I'd love to have a studio where you've got canvases and you've got paint and everything. And I also sort of, I know where I'd be more modern more modern and I'd also have hearts in it um so I know roughly what I do and I do play with it as in paper with pens etc yeah but one day yeah I'd like to be have that space or when we get that money whichever way and we open the communities (laughs) I'm gonna open a creative center and yeah do that yeah. And so in your that. creative centre, you could have one whole wall where people just go and put their handprints on the wall. Anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or write on it. Yeah. 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 Anything, you know, that, that. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, getting some ideas here. Right. This could be quite a serious question. If you had any wish in the world, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> It is, and it is emotive. And ironically, I shared this last night as well, watching something. And um, unfortunately, 
my parents weren't able to be parents regardless mm. you know you're gonna say dad... exactly what I'm gonna say <laughs> Carry on. um so my dad was my abuser my mum mm -hmm. for some reason wasn't wasn't able to she had lots of children and I yeah. think she wasn't able to love me now mm -hmm. I'm older and I look back I can see she gave she had her first child taken away from her for adoption so I think I reminded her too much of that yeah if I could have had one thing it mm -hmm. would be to have one person in my life and it is emotive yes a woman you know but that's more natural for me because it's nurturing one yeah. consistent woman that no matter mm -hmm. how I behaved what I did what I said yeah. she would love me unconditionally and yeah. still be in my life and be yeah. there to guide me and steer me but most importantly love me yeah yeah so I'm that, exactly yeah. the same I just <laughs> wish I had a mum and dad that were together loved each other and loved us children and that we just had that loving nurturing caring environment to be brought up in um that's what I would really wish for if I had that wish in the world however we wouldn't both be sitting here now speaking no. about this our experiences what we've learned and we wouldn't be doing this podcast because we just wouldn't be in this headspace, would we? Because we wouldn't know anything about this because we would just be normal, quote marks, from a normal family, quote marks, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, and that's when they say about what happens is what makes you as a person. So it's part yeah, of us, isn't it? It is. It is. And um, even when we've have different guests on our podcast you know it touches I find that they they all bring something different regardless of why they're yeah they're on our coming on as you sure guests. you can't read my questions I'm going to no. show you that in a moment <laughs> and um I, no I li <laughs> no. and I just li listen to them sometimes and I think wow I remember being that 16 year old girl mm. wanting to share some insight about what truly happens behind doors. And here we are doing it. We're doing it yeah. together. And it makes me feel really, really proud. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we don't have that woman. But there again, I'm a big believer. We can't – it's okay, and for anyone listening, it's okay to sometimes want something and know that you haven't got it. And it is emotive. So and you can to... be sad about it, Bev, can't you? Because you've got to bereave it. Absolutely. But also then that's why as a mum, mm -hmm. my, you know, I have always wanted my children to know, even when they're at the worst, even when they don't like me, even when they're mm -hmm. angry with me, even when they don't want to talk to me, at the end of the day, I love them. Yeah. And that's the most important message. I might love them and not always like their behaviour. And yeah, I'll be very frank about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I love you. I don't like your behaviour. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't like how you're acting towards me or doing this or doing that. But the most important thing, my children always, I want them to know is I love them. And that's because of what I didn't have. So yeah. it's how we turn it around. Yeah, 100%. So what question do you have for me? No, don't get away from that. You haven't, you asked me. So now... <laughs> it's your turn to put it into words <laughs> what was the question again the biggest uh, but, uh, what's the one thing yeah I said my parents didn't I yeah okay All okay right. you did yeah sorry I, 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 mm. it's because I carried on talking I, I took it away yeah yeah everybody she can talk for England <laughs> right so the next your question, question. yeah Oh, what rubs you up the wrong way? Oh, you can read my questions. You really can. Okay, what rubs me up the wrong way? People will read my questions and nick my questions. Can't see your questions. For anyone uh, who's listening, um, we're actually doing this in two different places. <laughs> 
uh, what rubs me up in the wrong way? Um, when I'm speaking to somebody and they blank me, if it's intentional or not, if I have that feeling of being silenced, i.e. by not being someone not registering that I'm actually speaking to them and they can see and they know that I'm talking to them. So it could be the other half. It could be my kids. It could be someone in my professional life. It's just like, if you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. But I have the courtesy just to acknowledge that I'm actually mm -hmm. speaking and I'm actually there. That's yes. all. That irks yeah. me. Yeah. What about you? Um, mine is being disrespected mm -hmm. in the way that, for instance, you know, when someone's talking about you, I don't mind sharing my information, but don't talk about me. As in, if you want to know something, come and ask me. Yeah. And when you ask me, don't judge me. And mm -hmm. so I've got this, and we're all doing different ways. I can tell when someone's body language doesn't match their words. Yeah. 100%. And they ask you something and you tell them and they react in a way and it and it's like, well, don't judge me. You ask a question. I've given yeah. you the honest truth. Don't judge me for that. So yeah, that that's feeling disrespected. Yeah. That that really touches on the on the nerves. Yeah. Yeah. The, my question number eight is what annoys you and why is that different to the question that you just answered yeah. no what no. other question have you got right I've got what exercise do you like doing um my best is walking and a mixture of walking and yoga and what's interesting about yoga um yoga pilates anything like that no I you use... do yoga darling I do pilates thank you very I know much. but I, I did do pilates it because I always go for the teacher so years oh, okay. ago I used to go Dominique I don't know if you knew her at Bromley yes I know Dominique yes yeah, she used to teach Small me pilates world. yes yeah so I did all the step classes I've yep. been in the gym and done all the different classes and I never liked them. I'd be watching mm -hmm. the clock. I'd do it to keep fit. But yeah. I always loved the floor work. And that's when I first got introduced to Pilates, stroke yeah. yoga, was with Dominique. She was brilliant. Yeah. And that's when I thought, oh, I prefer this. And I love being outside. I am, yeah. I am currently trying to jog, which I'm finding a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um. It's like my body doesn't like it. Doesn't like it, no. No. So walking, I love the walking. Love being outside, for, you know, for hours. Love Pilates yoga because I, you know, as we know, when we're holding trauma, our yeah. body tenses. And for me to feel, you know, to check in with your body and allow your body to do what it wants. Not, which I've had to learn, just because they've got their leg higher me feeling that I have to do the same thing yeah, yeah, yeah. when your but, body's not going to because of your trauma you're holding on to yeah yeah but once you've really checked in with yourself you let go I love that feeling and um yeah it just releases so much does, and yeah. that keeps me well yeah, yeah. Chris yeah what's what's yours so obviously I teach Pilates so I love doing it because I know about the benefits of it Again, I've tried yoga, but yoga and my body, they don't go together just because I'm not really bendy and I've got hip replacements and my body just doesn't like, it doesn't relax in yoga, it tenses. And then I get quite antsy about it. So in Pilates, I can truly, for me, relax. Um, I do like getting hot and sweaty as well. So I do like my, my um, more active classes as well. Um, but being perimenopausal and having gone through various physical challenges, high impact is just not good for me, just generally. So I tend to do low impact, lots of weights, lots of strength work, and marry that with Pilates. And that for me seems to be good balance of what I need 
for and, me and where I'm at in my life. And that's what's important as well for anyone listening, yeah. because it's about balance. So for me, the step work or what is it, spin classes? Oh, my head or when I'm, you know, when I'm focused on something, I yeah. focus on it anyway. So to have to go to a gym club and then focus on something and push, 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 push. That's I don't need that. I do no. that anyway in life. So yeah. being able to come away and focus on something by letting go and clear yeah. my head yeah. is is the big thing. And I hear you about yoga. And the reason why I'm going to say that is people say when you're going, you know, going through recovery, healing, whatever you want to call it, um, oh, you need to do this, you need to do yoga, you you need mm-hmm. to medicate. Uh, not medicate meditate you might need to medicate but you know it is optional (laughs) but when people say do that it'll make it actually that's not true because if you're not connected to the teacher you know as much as I love yoga it took me nearly two years to find yoga teacher that I'm working with again now yeah um when I had to move because I needed the right that's nothing against the other yoga teachers but we didn't connect yeah wasn't you have to feel safe whatever you're doing absolutely meditation yeah I love meditation now but I can sit longer in different places doing it with other people than I can sit on my own on my own it's too easy to think oh yeah okay I've shut my eyes now off I go (laughs) (laughs) I've shut my eyes now off you go I love that Or at the beginning, I used to get triggered. So it's yeah. about thinking about what's, you know, right for yourself. Yeah. So, so is it my question? It is. What is your favourite animal and why? What was its name? Oh, see, that's hard because got two dogs in no, the house just, at the just moment. No, just, just one. <laughs> it can be past pre- or present but just one then I'm gonna have to say I can't name a favorite one but I'm gonna have to say I've had cats I've had dogs I've had all different types but I do love having dogs I really do um especially when you rescue them and I think that's also the affinity Mm -hmm. because you know I, I think you know back to my dog I've got currently um, Charlotte she was rescued she'd never been in a home never been on a lead she had no idea and I had a whip it at that time Theo and Theo was coming to end of life and Theo was tiny compared to Charlotte but Theo showed Charlotte how you get mm-hmm. up how you get down Aww. and with me it wasn't about disciplining her you must do this you yes firm but with love yeah and I look how she is today and yeah it's just Having a dog for me is both. It's I get benefits from having a dog. Obviously, yeah. when you're stroking, but when you don't want to go for a walk, and then you go out in the fresh air and you come back in, and you think, yeah, I feel so much better. And yeah. it's the unconditional love they give back to you as well. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, Theo, it's not that I don't love you. I do. It's just that Charlotte's here right now. So and I just said one. I know, but I did slip the other one in. <laughs> and yourself? So you know I love dogs, so I'm not going to talk about dogs. We had a budgie, okay? This budgie, Scratch, I inherited when my boyfriend came to live with me, and that boyfriend is Phil. Scratch was a budgie with attitude, all right? He sat on my shoulder he nibbled my face. He sang to me whilst I cooked dinner. So when we was in our bed sit and we were cooking dinner on our two ring gas oven thing, um, he would sit there, talk to me, nibble my face. He was a character. All right. We'd be laying. So in the bed sit, we had one room. We had our bed in there, our kitchen in there, all in one space. Yeah. He used to fly over in the mornings, come and like sit on us, kiss us. He was just amazing. Um, he ended up having a stroke so he would fly around the room with one wing (laughs) right so he's like we used to go incoming because scratch was like and then the poor budgie he um had another stroke so obviously end of life 
but then he couldn't fly at all. So he would just hop onto our hands and hop up, you know, come and talk to us. Or we'd put him on the floor. So we used to run around the floor and we used to throw a little ball or something along the floor. So just any animal can be a character that you can fall in love with and have uh, a relationship with and can communicate with. They can give you so much. So if you don't want to care for something like a dog or a cat, you could get a bird or a spider or a snake, whatever it is that, you know, you resonate with. And then, you know, just get a relationship going with whatever you've got in front of you, whatever you can take care of. Absolutely. My daughter's never forgiven me because she had a budgerigar. And and we were going on holiday and her great nan was looking after it. But she said, no, she won't want to let it go. And she lived on her own. And when we came back off holiday, she really loved having the birds and it never came home. Oh, no. Yes. So I think that's one of those memories from childhood that I've never been forgiven for. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Gordon Bennett. How are we doing for time? Do we have any more questions? Yeah. um, One more. Should we go for one more? We'll do one more each, yeah. Right, and I I was going to go deeper, but I won't because we're coming to the end. But I think I know your answer to this. Okay. What what do you like watching on TV? Oh, anything trash, anything. When I say trash, I mean like EastEnders, Coronation Street, um, because it's almost like real life is going on, but to the nth degree. So there's always something worse going on in those programs that's actually happening in my life so it almost makes me think phew I'm all right Jack (laughs) (laughs) and I like reality tv because it is people's lives so I like taking a a peek behind what's going on in people's lives but I also what really gets me on a deeper level is when people share their own stories so For those people that we look up to because they've become famous, they're a singer, they're an actress, an actor, whatever it is they've excelled at, you look at them and you think, oh, you've got your stuff together or, oh, God, what an amazing life or whatever, whatever. And then they share their struggle to how they've got there. It just blows my mind. It just shows that you need hope, you need to work hard and you need a lucky break. This is what make successful people they don't just get given most of them will have to work hard will have to have the hope will have to have the drive and have that lucky break absolutely well I can say that I don't watch these senders or any, any of the soaps now I used what, what to are you, what are you saying <laughs> I used to <laughs> I found it depressing in the end. Yeah, I know. But... If they're not killing each other, they're sleeping with each other's wives, husbands, God knows who. Um, they argue so much, and I'm like, I, I don't want that. Oh, you just but can't I, do that anymore. No, but I do like reality TV. So that's yeah. my reality TV is my go-to. And I, I really yeah. like watching the dynamics. But the reality, even from Homes Under the Hammer, I love yeah. seeing the change and the growth. Yeah. Um, I will say this year I boycotted Strictly, but I've watched Strictly since I was a kid when it was yeah. all professionals. And now uh, we're, I love watching people, how they step out into their, you know, they're in their zone where they're highly successful in their profession. And then yeah. they come to an area that they had no experience of or very little. And we're witnessing their journey. And I yeah. think fantastic so um yes up, up till last year I've always loved watching that I, I love watching you know I'm a celebrity all yeah, of those that's been quite good last yeah couple so of days. just watching yeah. first dates yeah first teen first dates you know undateables I'm always rooting for people so I yeah. love that even the A&E programs because right. some people say oh yeah but that's sad it's not because then you see what happens at the end and the, and the yeah. love that comes from it. So that's what I love because you get to see yeah. that's a social science in me. I love yeah. watching people and learning because yeah. I've learned a lot from them myself and about me. But um, 
the the ones I find really interesting for when I'm not relaxing, documentaries. Love yeah, documentary, yeah. as you said. And um, you know, it's even like some of the guests that we've we've had on here as well. Look at Fatima Whitbread, you know, mm-hmm. being someone that you see as a an Olympic winner. And then yeah. when you hear our stories, it's so different. Yeah. You don't realise when you're growing up. Yeah. Um, Pamela Anderson. Have you seen the Pamela Anderson documentary? No, I haven't. I'd recommend that because, okay. again, we get an image portrayed through yeah. what she was in as One an actress, thing. but yeah. also the media and mm-hmm. how. But actually, listen to And I'd love her to come on here as a guest. So if anybody knows how she can come on here. We'd love her because she's such an ambassador for su- yeah. survivors as well. So oh, yeah, I, I love like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, and she shares her story and she's open about it. Okay, um, but um, yeah, I love a documentary. A right, this is going to put you on the spot. This Go last on. question: Who has been your most memorable guest to date, and why? Oh. Right. So We've not been... the one, not the one that you you resonated or you like the most, because we don't we like all of our guests. Yeah. But why are they memorable to you? What really lit the fire in you? That's really really hard. That is. I really know. Hard. I know because each one brings something different. They do, and they do. Oh, can I do two oh. for two, for two very quickly yeah, for on, different then. reasons? Yeah. Right, the first one has to be our very first guest that we had on, which was Dr. Howard Shuby. And okay. for those who don't actually know what I do in my private practice, is I am a recovery specialist. So yes, it's um, we're looking at the underlying causes of the trauma. But physically, that can come out through chronic fatigue, chronic pain, fibromyalgia. You know, we're so used to looking at symptoms, but when we look at underneath. And so it's the mind-body connection. Connection, yeah. So to be in the place that I am, I've had to study over the years. And he's Mm -hmm. one of the men that I've had to study his books and find it fascinating alongside Bessel van der Kolk alongside Dr. Sarno, you know, I could, the list is endless. Yeah, yeah. And then I got the opportunity to co-host in a Q&A following a conference that he did for SERPA, and that's where I'm, some of my trainings with. And so when we said we want to guess, I very cheekily thought, well, let's reach out and contact him. He can only <laughs> say no. Yes, 100%. And he said yes. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous so nervous that if anyone show Bev well it does in one thing and I'm going to say it because if anyone wants to go and listen I said that he worked in a hotel rather than a hospital (laughs) but uh, he took it with good grace he did but for weeks it haunted me it was like oh I can't believe I've done that you know and all the rest of it it was our first guest so yeah that is one of the most memorable but you know, we've had some amazing we guests. We have, yeah. And um, I do find that I connect with them in different ways. You know, yes. like when I think of Rachel, connecting yeah. with Rachel, um, Emily Victoria, yeah. and her mum, you know, like, mm. she, you know, to meet her mum, you know, she's the kind of mum I wish I'd had a mum like her. Yeah, 100%. And, and when we talk like that, Fatima Whitbread. And then to mm-hmm. meet her... Her mum, her chosen mum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I think we've been very blessed with all of our guests, all yeah. of them in different ways. So I'm coming back to you then. What about you in your, for your own question? So I'm just going to shine a light on a different way of thinking about things. So you sort of, like, gone on to the human connection, um, all, of, all of whom are making change in their own circles at a lower level, a higher level, and it's all connecting and it's all having that ripple effect. So thank you, everybody. But for me, it was people like Sarah Champion. It was like Claire Waxman and like Dr. Ella Ellie Hansen, who basically are showing us that we can all 
work together. So they're more of a, a of what I would call a, like a, a higher professional platform or reach into people that can really make the change happen. So when we're working with top tier action leaders and then we're all coming together from our own survivor experience and explaining what needs to change, when we can all come together and collaborate, that's where the magic happens. And so for me, um, my question was, what? why was it memorable? And that's why it's memorable because it, it's, well, it's like worlds colliding, but they're not colliding. It's a world of collaboration. And Fatima said that clearly in the podcast that we did with her. It's all about collaboration and true, authentic collaboration, not tick box and, oh, yeah, we'll just say yes to keep them quiet. No, that ain't happening anymore, people. It ain't happening anymore, people. I said it twice. We want change, social change, political change, policy change, process change. We want change, not for change's sake, but to better protect children and young people. That's what we want. This is why we do these podcasts. Absolutely. It's so well said. And what a demonstration of how we look at things and why we connect so well, because we have similar experiences, but different. Yeah, that's what we and this podcast is all about being collaborative and, and making connections. So, yeah, and that not that we ever rehearse it anyway, but I had no idea what your questions were. And just to prove it, look. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, I'm Chris. I'm sure you've got a mirror. I have not. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> and this episode will be going out at near the end of December time. So I, I oh, think wow. it's a really great one yeah. to think about 2024 yes 100% so if you want to be a guest on our podcast please reach out get in touch if you have any ideas or topics you want us to discuss get in touch if you've got any comments to make then please get in touch and they can do that by emailing breaking the cycle two step forward at gmail.com that Link will be underneath the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to. Remember to like and subscribe to us. That way, any other episodes coming up, you'll get to hear. And also, when you want to share to other people, it makes it a lot easier. So thank you very much, Chris. And thank you to you. Uh, hang on. And it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the saying. I don't know. <laughs> what the, me. What's the two Ronnie's saying? Wasn't it, wasn't it good, goodbye from him and goodbye from me? I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> au revoir, everybody. Take care and do get in touch. Bye for bye now. Bye. Oh, dear. <laughs>